and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast. Uh, the Thursday final edition of the week, we try harder edition. Thank you for for joining us, and uh, we promise, to the best of our ability, to not have any significant technical glitches that might lead you to believe that we are incompetent boobs who cannot get our message out, even though that actually is true. True, uh, but we will not contribute to that in any significant way, technically, today. And uh, Britt, I guess you and I both get to do a a see. I told you so. Tap dance celebration. How many pizzas do you want to buy me? I'll buy you just as many <laughs> because it was on this brand of Britcast just twenty four hours ago that that uh, we were. How should we say it? At least a bit skeptical about using Twitter as a mass distribution medium for a rollout of a presidential announcement. I think we can say that we said that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But you know what? We didn't even come close <laughs> to how ridiculous it was. I was uh, sitting on the Sitting on the couch with the wife yesterday. That's Jane. And uh, she's got her phone. And she goes, well, let me let me see if I can find it. And she's not a tech person at all. She's not a Twitter freak all that much. But she, she definitely looks at it. And, and, and she couldn't make, she couldn't make up from down with it. It made no sense to her. And I said, you know what? If you're 30 seconds in. And it's not right there for you. Forget it. It's it's a loss. And apparently, unbeknownst to her, she kind of was halfway in, but it was this back and forth yakking between people. It's like when you sign into to Netflix or you know, you get those circles with your name underneath it. And so she starts reading off the names of the people who are supposedly talking to each other about the greatness of Ron DeSantis. This is a 10 minutes before six o'clock and she's reading off these names. I don't know any of them. And uh, as you know, I know everything. No, I've never heard of these people. And I said, this is just what it was. Move on. Let's let's just let's just move on. We went back to the uh, the cooking channel. And they were making enchiladas. So <laughs> that was enough of that. I said, we'll find out. We'll find out the greatness of this later when when it's uh, hashed over by. These are the two most brilliant men in America, right? This is the guy that's running the most successful state in the union. This is the richest guy. Oh, my God. He's, he's, he's changed the car industry. And he's just the smartest motherfucker that's ever walked. And they look like schmucks. They look like 10 pounds of ass. You can't find decent coverage. They were clowning him on Fox. They're, oh, wait a minute. I found it. Hang on. This is the story in the New York Post. Ron DeSantis vows to paint every corner of early states to push Trump's uh, stamina. That's the story in the New York Post, Brad. Paint every story. corner. Is that Does that mean like he's going to take a piss? <laughs> every, because that that seems to be the colloquial definition of uh painting in that oh, i was back in college 
Okay. You, Maybe I'm the men- the mental exercise for you is how could this have gone worse? How could the rollout, the announcement of your campaign gone worse? Well, sorry, bucko, but <laughs> once again, you've fallen into the conventional wisdom hole. This is exactly what the plan was. The brilliance of this escapes you and your mainstream media liberal hate squad. You know who the doesn't have technical way, problems? Yes. You know who doesn't have technical problems? Walt Disney. Who? Disney never has problems. Uh, ESPN, always perfect every single time. Disney Plus, every time you stream it, boom, there it is. Every single time. Well, <laughs> I thought, this was my thought, after this kind of settled in in the evening on Wednesday that the way DeSantis was going to get out of this, because he's, of course, incapable of having self-effacing humor or doing it in a way, if it's all possible, to try to turn something that's terrible back to his advantage. He's just not that guy, right? Mm -hmm. He's never going to be able to do that. So what I thought was that he would make a false analogy, a whataboutism comparison, and try to divert you into remembering the horrible rollout of the Obamacare website back in 2011. Yeah. Uh, And then lie by saying, how come no one said anything about that? Which, (laughs) of course, wasn't true at all. That was the biggest story in the country for about 10 days till they finally got it fixed and of course after that a week later obamacare was repealed because of the bad website and it was never heard of again oh that's weird because i thought the website was fixed in pretty short order and it went along smoothly and people are still using it today that's weird well of course and then (laughs) and then you would finish off by going full trump and saying how proud you are because you've already used the bad Obamacare analogy, how proud you are that the great state of Florida is one of the last 10 holdout states to refuse the Obamacare Medicaid expansion funds. Isn't that something to be proud of in Florida? So I think they have the most uninsured people of any state because (laughs) of that. But but that that would be the Trump way of doing it. It would be doubling down on your worst characteristics and trying to force you to think that these are these are good things so you embellish uh the whole thing then by mocking trump not by name of course this is what he should have done because i'd be a consultant here and he would say a man came up to me this is DeSantis, and said sir thank you for standing firm and not allowing socialized medicine into our great state with the yeah right you you, you play the sir but he can't do that he i know he could have never done that well, what he should have done is not have that bullshit in the first place and just avoided the well, entire thing and just roll it out like everybody else, like a human. Well, but I know, but that, that's not the – that's just bad judgment that can't be reversed. Yeah, once can't you're in there. But I mean, I'm sorry. Now, I, I get to play the result now. Jesus Christ, the guy – I'm talking about Elon, the genius billionaire, fired everybody that made that fucking app work worth a shit. So, God, who knew it was going to die? Well, that's what I said to Jane when we were sitting on the couch at 10 minutes before six o'clock. And it was obvious that uh, something 
wasn't happening here, what it was, wasn't exactly clear. I said, this is the guy that fired a four or 5,000 of the tech geniuses yeah. who worked at Twitter for all those years. You know, the ones that were uh, destroying America, those people. Uh, but he got rid of them, and so you're left with with your dick in your hands. I don't know how else to determine but uh that, that would have been worse that if they would have actually gone live and then all of a sudden they would have shown like ronda sanis in a, in a jeff tubin moment that would have been maybe worse arguably than what happened maybe yesterday. he would have been in one of those uh, adult size onesies from target <laughs> that's a bathing suit for a a trans female who still has a penis and testicles that need to be reined in for which, by the way, Target should be put out of business. Oh, I think there's, no question. That is, oh, there's the absolutely worst. no doubt it's about it. What are they doing? Oh, oh my, god. my god, the way Target that they're grooming, it's, it's the bad, it's the worst. Yeah, but uh, this, I mean, I mean, this just reinforces that Ron DeSantis is not, he's junior varsity, he's not ready for prime time. Solid, solid JV guy, he ain't ready for, for, for the varsity. You know, I, he's just not, and I, and not like Trump is this great. Oh my God. He shows everybody how to do it. And he runs the best campaigns or anything, but Jesus Christ, at least show up. Well, you're right. But just think of what happens because of that. It just strengthens Trump and there's nothing good oh, about strengthening. That's Trump. true. There's not, there, there's no, oh, wow. Great. DeSantis failed. Yeah, but, uh, he sucks. Uh, look what's going to happen now. Oh, oh, a Tim Scott is going to rock it to the t- no. Yeah, yeah. Tim Scott and Nikki Haley really benefited from yesterday. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they're, they're the ones that are going to pounce on this one. Opportunistic glee you cannot imagine. Right. Right. Forget so, it. So, all right. Here's the list. Here's the list. Uh, Shaq gets served. Oh, uh, Professor Newt on the Donald Trump third grader appeal. Um, you get a senator. You get a senator. You get a senator. Everybody gets a senator. Jesus. Uh, flipping for Mark Meadows. What a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Stuart Rhodes of the Oath Keepers gets 18 years... Then just what might Donald Trump get in some kind of sentence in federal court? It's kind of a rhetorical question. It doesn't demand an answer. It's just something that uh, came to mind here in the last 15, 20 minutes as we learned of the sentence that was handed down to this guy, Stuart Rhodes. He's the guy that uh, has the eye patch, okay? Mm-hmm to help identify him in in your mind and he is the the founder of oath keepers you know the way elon musk founded tesla the way thomas edison founded ge the way steve jobs founded apple stuart rhodes founded the oath keepers he's one of the did you did you remember do you remember when we went to the radio convention in uh, dallas and every other guy that we ran into claimed credit for inventing Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Do you remember that? 
<laughs> well, I don't know about how you invented it because, you know, I know ESPN had a radio and all you had to do was go, well, we've got Fox Sports. Why don't we make a radio network just like ESPN's? Don. Oh, look, I invented it. Well, I think there was a window of a couple years where they really thought that they were going to take down ESPN. Right. right. On on television and uh, in in radio, and it kind of it kind of never happened. But uh, <laughs> yeah, those were great days where everybody was a was a network sports person. Every fucking guy we so, ran into, he was yeah, one of the guys yeah. that was involved with inventing. Sp- oh, okay, cool. That's so weird. Stuart Rhodes, Oathkeepers founder, gets eighteen years in prison. These are the first punishments to be handed down for seditious conspiracy. In the January 6th attack on the Capitol, a.k.a. the tourist visit. Prosecutors wanted 25 years and the longest sentence by far to try to maybe deter people from trying to do this in the future. Of course, the opposite of that is next time we'll get it right and there won't be any trials. And if there are, it'll be of you people, not us. Right. That's what they're thinking, I would assume, because they're that crazy. Uh, uh, Rhodes played a significant role in spreading doubt about the 2020 presidential election. I still doubt it, Britt. He was really successful with me. Yeah, you know, (laughs) I know there were some shenanigans there. And uh, he led more than 20 other Americans to seek to use violence against the government to thwart the transfer of power from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Here's here's what the assistant U.S. attorney, the prosecutor, wrote in sentencing meadow, uh, memos that they give to the judge. These defendants were prepared to fight, not for their country, but against it. In their own words, they were willing to die in a guerrilla war to achieve their goal of halting the transfer of power after the 2020 election. So there you go. Uh, District Judge Amit Mehta appointed by Barack Obama, he's an Obama judge, to found the actions of Mr. Rhodes were meant to intimidate or retaliate against the government, creating a grave risk to our democratic system. So all of those things, everything I just read is times a thousand if you're the president of the United States, in my opinion. That's just me. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a prosecutor. I'm not a judge. But if this schmuck, this loser, this goofball deservedly gets 18 years there aren't enough keys to be thrown away in enough cells to hold all of the damage that donald trump has done to this country Stuart Rhodes, bad donald trump whoa and the best we can do right now as as citizens, as close observers of this, as kind of political geeks, is ah, we have to have faith that Jack Smith knows what he's doing, the special prosecutor, that he really is getting all this stuff together, that he really has flipped Mark Meadows. I love the idea of that. Yeah, talk about that story. Yeah, we haven't gone into that. Well, because it kind of, it kind of sort of, Sort of just happened. Mark Meadows, Um, a former congressman from Western North Carolina who became one of the chiefs of staff for Donald John Trump, especially when everything was going all in the shitter. Right. 
Um, I think it was CNN that reported this, that for some reason the Trump lawyers are letting it be known very surreptitiously, though, that they have had no contact with Mark Meadows or his, quote, team for many, many, many months. Meadows went silent. And it doesn't take a great dot connector <laughs> to figure out that the reason that Mark Meadows would go silent and stop talking to his boss would be because, and we've all hoped that this would be true. We've all thought it might be true that they would get Meadows into a room and put all the evidence down on a table and say, we've got it. And you did half cooperate with the January 6th committee. Then you bailed on them and you never appeared, but he did give them a lot of emails. I believe he's a part of an email exchange, for instance, between uh, Mrs. Clarence Thomas, Jenny Thomas mm-hmm. and Meadows. Remember, remember they were revealing all those emails during the January 6th hearing. A lot of those were the result of Mark Meadows cooperating And maybe Meadows thought he was too clever by half and cooperated just enough that he thought that that would get the pressure off of him. And then he refused to testify. And he thought that would be it. Uh, Bad thinking there. Bad thinking. So there was probably a lot more information. And they uh, put it right to him. Do you want to tell us everything you know about your actual contact your actual conversations with Trump leading up to and on January 6th and after. Do you want to tell us everything or do you want to spend the rest of your life in prison? And that's a zero sum choice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and if Meadows has any brains, and he has a few. He's been cooperating. He's been spilling it. And part of that is you do not speak to the Trump team about anything. And I think the best that they uh, are letting out is that Meadows is still, uh, you ready for this? He's uh, helping with the negotiations on the debt ceiling with Republicans right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what's happening. Because the Republicans are really digging in. They've got spreadsheets. (laughs) <laughs> They've got all kind of shit all Brit, over. Brit, you got to go to your first draft choice. <laughs> the chips are down, so you go to Mark Meadows, a guy who's. <laughs> Why are they just saying he's trying out to be a backup goalie for the Florida Panthers? Jesus Christ, I would believe that before I would believe that bullshit. So. <laughs> if if Meadows is cooperating. It's not just game. It's not just set. It's match. Match is over. It's over. He's By the way, it could probably be over without him. It could probably, probably. be over without him. But but, but this, is, this makes it easier. He's yeah. uh, 63 years old. He'll be 64 this summer. And you're just thinking at, at this point in his life, how much bullshit do I want to deal with? How much water do I need to carry for Donald Trump to make the rest of the days of my life fucking miserable when I've got a chance to get out from under this thing, actually tell the truth, and save my own ass? 
that's got to be some consideration, right? Well, I love the famous phrase, it helps focus the mind. <laughs> it does. I do love when you, Britt, When you put it the way you just put it, that will help focus the mind. It does. Do I want to lay down my life, the rest of my life, in service to Donald Trump, or do I want to have a rest of my life? Exactly. You're, you're, That's, I mean, you're roughly the same age as this guy. I mean, do you want to go through the, like, the, and, and life is stressful enough. I know in your fifties and sixties, life is very fucking stressful. I don't need this. I don't need this guy riding my ass 24 seven. I got to wonder if I'm going to be thrown under the jail every fucking day when I can just start running my mouth and telling the truth. That's a much better option for me. Well, I have a unique way of uh, responding to you, Britt. Only time will tell. <laughs> I'm the guy that came up with that. That was mine. It's never too late to stop being stupid, Mark. Mm. It's never too late. You mm. can do it, pal. Yeah. See, and I think the the problem with the uh, coverage of which I guess you could accuse us earlier in this uh, Brad and Brit cast of being a part of is gleefully having fun with DeSantis's disaster rollout on Twitter with, with Elon Musk as if that's so great. Cause now Don is going to cement his place at the top of the Republican polling. And he's got, that's so fantastic that this, no, they all suck. Well, Every one of these people, if, if you but it's it's being reported kind of in isolation and again we've mentioned this earlier donald trump uh he's got his troubles he's got his to badly paraphrase a great song by the fortunes you've got your troubles i've got mine um and he's got so many legal problems up the yin yang which we've we've chronicled and and, and folks know that ron DeSantis fucking up on twitter does not make Donald Trump's life one bit better, no matter how much the fact that he can uh, send out messages on his little social media and get all kinds of attention for himself. And uh-uh, uh-uh. The legal process grinds on. The lawyers don't care. The judges don't care. The juries don't care. Shingles don't care. We know that. (laughs) Shingles don't care. Get Shingrix now. It's a double vaccination, people. Yeah. You have to get it, was it about six weeks apart? Six weeks apart. And I'm telling you, the second yeah. one kicked my ass. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. But it's better than having shingles, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, that's you You get these missives every now and again from Maggie Haberman, who knows what the fuck she's talking about. And sort of. she'll be like, every time there'll be like a legal action, and like when Trump had to go to court, she was like, he's fucking scared. He's like shitting dynamite right now. And I believe it. I believe he, he's putting on a brave face and he's acting like, no, he's he's dying inside. Donald John Trump, every time they come a step closer to him, he knows he's fucked. He knows he's going to go to prison. His hair is going to turn white and fall out. And he's going to have the, the mugshot of him being bald and everything. And he'll just, he, he hates all of that. And then he'll gain oh, another 30 right. pounds that's right. in prison. A, a mugshot of you being bald, that couldn't be anything worse than that. Well, no. well I mean, it works for you. <laughs> You embraced it at a young age. I mean, you, you now, did good. You but did if, fine. If you if you saw a couple days ago when he appeared 
only on a video screen sitting in Florida, the video screen in New York, when it was announced that the Stormy Daniels trial is to be uh, next March. Um, and all you could see was kind of a, a 45 degree angle view of the screen, but you could see Trump and the descriptions of him by people who were there who could actually see uh, what was going on. Although apparently they muted the Trump people muted what Trump was saying. So you oh. couldn't actually uh, be able to hear what he was saying, but th their characterization of his body language was he was furious. He was pissed. Good. So he can't, he can't hide it. And a Ron DeSantis fuck up on, on his, here's the, the good thing for DeSantis is hardly anybody really saw it. Okay. Yeah. You're getting the news reports about yeah, it. I think way more, happened. yeah, way more people heard that it was a shit show than actually saw it, right. which I mean, is not, of that's course. not good. That's not good. No, it's not, no but the only, the only thing worse than that would have been if lots of people would have seen it in real time and, and it would be reported as the shit show that it was. And by the way, for those of you, I, the, the conventional wisdom is that, you know, the Murdoch family is trying to push all their chips to toward DeSantis. I think Fox News clowned him as much as anybody. Oh, they all, they, well, but you know what, Britt? Because they're they're a legitimate news organization, <laughs> and when there's when there's news to report, they, without fear or favor, report the facts. That's what without they do. fear or favor. That's right. Unless the only thing good about this, and you you you've talked about this, is like how this benefits Trump. If you actually believe that. For Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., it would be tougher to beat Ron DeSantis than it would be for Donald Trump in 2024. And I don't know if that's a true statement or not. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's the expenditure of too many brain cells. Well, trying we to predict we, elections a year and a half from now because so many. Britt, by next week at this time, we could be in a financial disaster, the likes the world hasn't seen since, uh, let's see, 2011, uh, 1999, uh, yeah. 2007, 1929. 18, there could 29. be that. And that might change the contours of politics in the United States instantly. We don't know. So to, to uh, sit here and not us, but, but to listen to people make predictions, we can't even predict what's going to happen next week in politics, let alone a year and a half from now. So, but I, I that's why we I still do it. We still do it though. We still do it. Oh, of course. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's tougher to run against than, than Biden or than uh, Trump is. I, I have, I have no idea. I just know that the great minds of the Republican party who used to be able to shape stuff together, the Carl Rose and all that stuff, they're not there anymore. Those people well, aren't there. Uh, look, look at it this way. And I'm going to try to be slightly analytical about it. If DeSantis were able to take out Trump, by definition, he would be a tough candidate against anybody because there's only one person on earth who's ever beaten Donald Trump in an election. It is Joe Biden. And just on paper, there's very little reason to think that he wouldn't beat him again without bringing up everything about Trump right now, that's worse. But since Trump has been considered to be fairly unassailable and he's way ahead in the polls, if a year from now he's the nominee, 
he's the nominee, then he will have done something, assuming it isn't that Donald Trump dropped out because, you know, he's in court every day for the rest of his life. And even the great Donald Trump has figured out that uh, just maybe it's not the the uh, the best move to keep running for. But we know that's not going to happen. He'll run no matter what. I know he'd be president from prison if he could be. Right. It's the, it's the family business. Like, I know this is the family business now. This is how they make their money. This is how they build wow. people that okay. that they've got no other. There's but, no other income. Right. But you, you, you get my point. If you yeah. can, if you can beat, if you can beat uh, the defending champion in the semifinals, which is what the primaries are, if you beat the defending champion of your, your party, then by, by definition, you did beat the man. And That's so, fair. You would be, I would think you'd be favored against, against Biden, but we're so far from something like that happening to project it out is just, it is uh, a waste of uh, double the amount of brain cells. I thought a few minutes ago. So let me, let me me allow myself to waste a couple more. Uh, If you, I think the conventional wisdom was that the, the the nominee of a major party is going to just start at 47% of the population. I think that's been turned on its head because the person who ran against Donald Trump in 2016 and in 2020 got more votes than he did as far as just sheer votes of the general population. I don't know if that's going to be the case if DeSantis is the guy. He, I, I don't know if that's going to be the deal. I think he, he may be the guy that starts at 47% if he is well, the nominee. Britt, a lot of people don't know this. Um, 47% means nothing since we have the Electoral College. All right, exactly. Next subject. It's, it's, it's where the vote... It's where the votes are. It's not how many there are of them. Now, and, and the worst statistic right now, I think, for, for DeSantis is he's not even beating Trump in Florida. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. So. How? How is it possible? Well, because the, the very idea that he's such a popular governor yeah, yeah. because he was reelected by 20% should have automatically translated into a lead over Trump in Florida was a fallacy to begin with. Uh, The Democratic Party, just in general, in Florida, has been in recession, I don't know how else to say it, for many, many years. Uh, They haven't held any statewide offices, I think, except for agriculture commissioner, for a long time it's kind of like texas and uh at that moment of that election back in november of 2022 uh desantis at least for a moment had hit with all these bullshit culture war anti-woke disney all, all the shit it all came together and it mobilized enough people to give him what looked like a popular resounding victory that does not translate. It doesn't last. It's a momentary lapse of reason. I think by, by a lot of people, if a momentary lapse of reason in Florida means you switch your loyalty from DeSantis over to Trump. Okay. <laughs> Cause again, remember Trump wasn't on the ballot against DeSantis for governor. He was running against Charlie Crist, a guy who I kind of like, but what do I know? Uh, but he was he had been a, a uh, governor previously and was very well spoken and said all the right things and and 
killed DeSantis with zingers in debates. And DeSantis stood there like a like a, like a child who uh, didn't prepare his book report and didn't know what to say in front of the class. How many times? Remember all those clips where mm-hmm. Charlie Chris just nailed him. But uh, in the world of politics, at least in my lifetime, when a Republican gets nailed like that, it never costs them in a debate. When a Democrat does, it's over. They're done. They're just done. I don't know what the standard is for that and why that's true, but it seems to be true. So he got away with it. He got away with it. But November of 2022 in Florida may as well be November of 1922 because it's uh, uh, Ron DeSantis has shown himself to be a really, really unattractive person. Forget (laughs) candidate, forget governor person human and you know all the the conventional wisdom about he has no people skills he doesn't like being around people doesn't like the campaign what's the clip they have in the eye they got a clip of him wiping snot on somebody (laughs) in public i saw that (laughs) see here's you know you and i do this all the time but there's there aren't cameras on us cameras around right average people do this but politicians aren't supposed to blow their nose on on bobby's shirt it's a bad look it's a bad look all right we got other stuff it ain't just them oh let's play the newt gingrich clip i love this one all right play it for me uh so gingrich and uh newt's seen his best days many many decades ago but like in politics in media you can hang around a lot longer than you than you should. So uh, here he is. Here he is on Wednesday night talking about DeSantis, and then he compares him to Trump. And he kind of compliments Ron DeSantis. And then he gets to Trump. He's on with uh, Laura Ingram. And this is an old concept. You've talked about it. I've talked about it. A lot of people talked about it. When you read what Donald Trump says, it sounds like a uh, third grader who couldn't pass and really should be in the ninth grade, keeps failing third grade because they can't speak very well. Completely inarticulate. Like that letter that was written the other day to the attorney general. It was clearly in Trump's language. It made no sense. And the syntax was that of a person who just learned English as a second language. So here is Newt Gingrich attempting, I think, to compliment Donald Trump. One of Trump's great advantages is he talks at a level where third, fourth, and fifth grade educations could say, oh, yeah, I get that. I understand it. And in fact, Trump has now made the Republican Party the party of working Americans in a way that probably hasn't been true for almost 100 years. Okay, so (laughs) working Americans are basically uneducated. Stupid. And they have the mentality of a third or fourth grader. And Donald Trump speaks at that level. So therefore, Donald Trump is a great politician. 
Wasn't that, uh, was, that the, was that the Abe Fortas argument? What, what was that about? We need of justice for the stupid people too. No, that wasn't Abe Fortas. That who was, was it? That was uh, uh, Senator Roman Hruska, yeah, of Nebraska, yeah. Who, when Nixon nominated a couple of bozos for the Supreme Court, right, and they were labeled bozos, Senator Roman Hruska said, well, and I'm paraphrasing, well, even bozos need representation, too. That's it. That's, that's it. what it was. You can there look you that go. up and, and, and figure out exactly what he said, but that's that's what it was. Uh, and, again, we don't mean to pick on Newt Gingrich. Uh, yeah, we do. He's a great, great man. He's a, he's a great historic figure because a lot of people blame everything on Newt Gingrich, but that's a different discussion, different podcast. Um. But the simplicity of Trump's speaking style has been discussed and dissected for years. And in the end, to analyze it and say that it's some kind of asset is the most depressing thing I can imagine. Because it just plays into this idea of not only do uh, nobody needs to go to college anymore. Right. We're in that we're in that mode right now, aren't we? College education is not worth it. But here you have really, in my opinion, the most uneducated president we ever had, Donald Trump. Fair? I think so. I mean, at least in the modern era, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to when people were being born in the woods and shit. But yeah, sure. But that doesn't see. But I'm I'm not talking about where you were born. I'm not talking about how much school you had. I'm not talking about how many degrees you had, because, you know, Trump plays it on both sides. Right. He attacks everyone. That's well educated with advanced degrees like a Ron DeSantis. And then. Two minutes later, he'll be bragging that he's smarter than everybody else because he has Wharton School of Finance credentials, which he really doesn't. But dumb people will say, well, that's Donald Trump. He's a brilliant businessman. I know he's a brilliant businessman. I saw him for 15 years on television show us just what a brilliant, strong leader businessman can be. But here's Newt Gingrich. He's not giving away the store. We've we've seen the store all this time. And yeah, some people do like to be spoken to in extremely simple language. Let's not confuse simple language with stupidity. If you're, I believe it, Harry <laughs> Harry Truman was a very yeah. plain spoken, direct right. person. But he was he was a brilliant man. But he didn't talk he down to people. He, he was not talking down to human beings. That's right. And uh, forgive me for for saying this. Even even George W. Bush, yeah, in a way, could, he would mangle the English language, but yeah. he just he just mangled it. You didn't you didn't think that he was by definition a complete moron? Like you would I think Trump actually is. You would say to, about Bush, you go, well, this has to be a put on. It's an act, and it's like, no, he really is that guy. He's the guy that gives everybody, hey, lefty, you know, everybody would get a nickname and all that. Yeah, shit. that's that's just politician shit, but. Uh, uh, Roman Hruska think, addressed the Senate, urging it to confirm okay, Richard good. Nixon's nomination of G. Harold Carswell oh, to the boy. Supreme Court. Yeah. Responding yeah. to criticism that Carswell had been a mediocre judge, Hruska argued, even if he were mediocre, there are a lot of mediocre judges and people and lawyers. 
Okay. So how, how's my, how's pretty the good. old memory work? Uh, pretty pretty good, good on that. Pretty one. good yeah. stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know why I remember because it's so great. It's just one of the great lines ever. It followed him to the grave when Ruska died in 19 and when he died at the age of 94, mm. it was like one of the, one of the things in his obituary. Oh, this, he said this, and that well, was in 1999. That, that's a, that's a Yogi Berra kind of line. It is. It is. It's a, it's a, it's a Yogi Berra kind of uh, zinger there. And uh, by the way, the problem is he was a couple decades early because uh, look at some of the people that are now on the Supreme Court. Remember, this was uh, at least a decade before Clarence Thomas, who is, I think, a low intellect guy also. Uh-oh, Brad, you're in trouble. <laughs> no, no, we're fair and balanced. We took a white guy and we took a black guy. Yeah. yeah. He was a, it says here, Eruska was a fierce opponent of what he regarded as excessive violence and pornography in films and on television and sponsored many bills to curb them. Were you aware of this? No. <laughs> he apparently thought that there was a lot of smut. He took the lead in opposition to gun control. This guy was a pioneer, Brad. Uh, Nebraska, hello. A pioneer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, here you go. Big name pops up as possible Feinstein replacement. You ready? Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey, yeah. Oprah Winfrey. They're, they're uh, throwing her name around. How many times has the uh, name Oprah come up with, you know, she could run for president and win, and she probably yeah. could. Yeah. But then, Britt, this country could not abide a celebrity as their president. It's it it just would never work. Yeah. It'd be the worst. Right. Um, Hillary Clinton says that Dianne Feinstein should not resign, not because she thinks she can still do the job, but because she thinks that the Republicans are so clever that they would figure out a way to exploit the amount of time in between Feinstein resigning and uh, the ability of there to be an appointment made and for that person to get back on the Judiciary Committee so that more judges can be appointed. I think that's kind of thin. I'm not with Hillary Clinton on this. Um, but Diane Feinstein, apparently, with whatever mind she has left, is determined to uh, lap Ruth Bader Ginsburg 50 times in being stubborn and not walking away. And Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi needs to shut the fuck up on this one because she played the, uh, it's sexist to tell her to resign. They would never say that about a man. Are you kidding? They tried to fucking push Strom Thurmond out. They tried to push Robert Byrd out for, for decades. And, and neither of those two assholes would leave either. So it's not about sexism. It's about age. Uh, with that being said, the best line I've seen about this issue comes today from Gail Collins, opinion writer, columnist for the New York Times. This is it. Ready? The country should not discriminate against older workers, and older workers shouldn't insist on staying in jobs they can no longer really carry out. That seems like a good deal. A good deal. If someone is 58 and can still do the job, they should not be pushed out. That's age discrimination. But if someone is pushing 90 and they've been out of it 
for close to a decade and they don't know what day it is. They don't know who the president is. Somebody should be able to get right in her face and ask a couple of those questions that they ask in uh, psychiatric evaluations for people. And, and a lot of those questions are these, what year is it? Who is the president? Those kind of questions. I'll bet you Feinstein couldn't even pass those right now. And there are people with a straight face. These are Democrats pretending that they have to stay on her good side or the good side of what seems to be saluting her great service and not forcing her out. And then Republicans who are probably cheering for her to stay on when she can't even show up for some of the votes, which will help fuck up the judge approval process in the Senate. Oh, everybody's wearing wonderful colored jerseys on this one, aren't they? Yeah. God. Man. All right. Do the do the Shaquille O'Neal one as oh, Miami. Miami is man. now the sports capital of the world. Yeah. As it Not should be, as, as it is sliding into the ocean. I remember now, this is a basketball team that could take its step into the NBA Finals tonight that had FTX on its arena just a matter of a couple months ago. FTX investors, you know, that's the crypto scam run by that Sam Bankman fraud. Bankman freed fraud. The Moskowitz law firm has been trying to serve legal papers to Shaquille O'Neal for about five months. They Now, how you are unable to find Shaquille O'Neal, he's on TV three nights a week in a public place. I don't understand that, okay? But they finally were able to serve him papers on Tuesday at the arena in Miami, no longer called FTX Arena. It's called uh, Kaseya Center. Uh, what is Kaseya? Some kind of tech company? I don't know what they are. It doesn't matter, right? I have doesn't no matter. idea. Right. Uh, so th- they finally got him because there's a lawsuit by uh, a bunch of people, FTX investors, who say they were ripped off by that firm, and they're going after the people who endorsed in commercial. So Shaq and Tom Brady... And Giselle Bunchen, I think they were married once, weren't they? Uh, and I, I, I don't know. There was a rumor. Check that. Look that up. Larry David, uh, Naomi Osaka, and Steph Curry, they were all happy to accept their process papers being served by the lawyers. But uh, somehow Shaquille O'Neal, who, if I, I recall, usually would be the largest person on the basketball court Whenever he was on the basketball court, it was hard to miss him, wasn't it? But in any setting, he's, it, right? In he, any he setting that you go to, any restaurant, any shopping mall, any place, he's going to be right. the really, really large guy. Right. So, of course, the basis of the the suit here is that all these celebrities, by touting uh, crypto in the way that they did for for FTX, enticed innocent waifs to invest portions of their life savings which is now apparently evaporated because of the collapse of this uh, ponzi scheme that it is um you know on the one hand i feel sorry for anybody that works all their life and then blows it all and in, in one wad by betting it all on on one thing um 
Is it absolutely but, necessary uh, though for you to actually put the papers in his hand? I mean, it's not hard it to is. find. When, it's not hard to no, find his attorneys. Do, can't you just mail the shit to his attorneys? No, you can't do it. You, you've, Brent, you've watched enough TV and I'm, movies. You yeah, know, but TV's you bullshit. You have to find the person and hand it to them. No, it's not, not bullshit. Things, not things on that. TV are not the way life is. TV is bullshit. With this, with this, it is. I mean, Britt, I've only been served one time. One yeah, time. but and that you, was different. You know when that one time was. It You're was not when Shaquille got... O'Neal. This just but Brad, that's, that's my point. I was being served papers to show up in court, and, be, and I was given a cease and desist order to stay off the air by Rock 92, WKRR, Ashboro, Burlington, Greensboro, Winston-Salem. Yes. They're, they're throwing in about 12 cities now. That's that's so metropolitan of them. Anyway, that's why it's doing uh, well. That's why it's kicking ass. They, they served. They served the papers, and the sheriff knocked on my door. That was from if law I, enforcement. That was from actual law enforcement. This is just a guy. This is just a guy in a civil suit. I and also here's the other thing. I, why, I wonder you, about this. Let me ask you a question. Why are you digging in on thinking that official lawsuit papers or legal papers? Don't have to be served to a person in person. What? Why? Why are you digging in on? I, I just, Explain I dispute them. that. I dispute that. You just, just send it to the guys. And also, here's the other thing: if they send them to you and they go, "Here, you've been served." If you put your arms out like this and you don't grab the papers, are you not served? Hey, I didn't see shit. I don't have papers in my possession. I, I don't have to do anything. Is that? Can you do that? <laughs> and then they fall to the ground, and you're like, "Well, I haven't been served yet." I'm sure there's a point to where if there's a personal bit of contact and the you per- still the papers touched close the, the door, yes. The papers touched Mr. O'Neill's body. Let the record but that's the show. point. The, the attempt, the attempt even has to be in person. It can't be by fax. It can't be by email. It can't even be by Twitter. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. It should be done by yeah. Twitter. Kaseya uh, touts themselves as IT and security management for IT professionals. So there you are. That is what Kaseya says that they are. Which doesn't help me at all. <laughs> well, I'm, I think in five years, Shaquille O'Neal is going to be served with some papers for them, too, because that sounds fraudulent. Yeah. Yeah. If Sam Bankman fraud goes to jail, can he be up at Butner right here in North Carolina, the jail of the hey, stars? Britt, you got to give you got to give. Sh- the, the city of Charlotte and the Panthers some credit because they they did have their stadium named after probably the least likely financial firm to go under for for a massive fraud and ripping up. okay it's Bank of it's America it's you know, they're, they're one of the they're one of the four too big to fail banks they're yeah I mean and, and I like the way that you put that for somebody who wouldn't go under for fraud because they've certainly committed fraud and had to pay huge fines for it but they're not going under because of it because they make too much money off of it to to stay afloat. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. After it was Erickson Stadium. You know, can I, can I just tell everybody a, a true story? You were in the office of the CEO of Bank of America. His name is Brian Moynihan. Sure. And yeah. you were on your knees. You were in tears begging him for a job. I was. The same way all these people are begging Donald Trump for jobs. <laughs> do you know what I said to him? What you, you know, Sir, please, can I have a job? Sir, I'll do anything. Sir, okay. I'll wax right. I'll wax your car. Right. Sir. So, no, so all these years later, you're still bitter. That's yeah. what this is all about. That's I what know. it is. 